welcome to Crime Time with Maggie Sten. What you're going to be listening to is a series of episodes called The Times Aren't Changing, They Have Changed. With me is Rod Murray, who has a lot of questions. Maggie, good to chat. Today's topic, mental health and the criminal justice system. As with all of these episodes, I feel like we could talk for days and still have days left to go, but we'll try to keep it somewhat tight. What's been the history, I suppose, of where mental health bumps up against the judicial system? Well, it tended to not bump up against the judicial system because in the past, particularly in the 20th century and certainly the centuries before, if anyone had any mental problems, they were locked up in a mental institution and they were left there for a very, very long time. In fact, some people lived their whole lives Mm. in mental institutions or they would try different operations, like a common one was the lobotomy. And one of the Kennedy daughters was given a lobotomy. Didn't That's, know that. Goodness me. Yeah, one, one of um, John Kennedy's sisters, Joseph Kennedy, decided a lobotomy might fix her. Well, of course it didn't. That's where these people were locked away. And people often, you, you would hear, or my generation would hear about, oh, you know, somebody had an Aunt Mabel and they used to lock her in the attic because she was strange. She probably had mental illness. Because you've probably noticed that now every second person seems to either have depression or they have... Um, ADHD, the, yes, bipolar, yes, some sort yes. of a mental health Schizophrenia, issue. Schizophrenia, yes, yes. Well, drugs are far more common in our society now than they were in the past. A lot of people may have had these underlying conditions that were brought out by drugs or it's the drugs that have caused them. And, of course, society is different. There's far more stress. There's all sorts of things that are different today. People don't like to think that because everyone says, oh, yes, every generation says that. But life was simpler 100 years ago. Mm. It was more difficult in many ways too, but it was simpler. Yes, yes. Less things to think about That's right. and deal with. Yeah, there were less things to think about. Now, what happened in 1983, they closed the mental hospitals. This was following the recommendation of the Richmond Inquiry in 1983. Well, the government jumped at this because they closed Callum Park and any other mental institution was around. Now, But what they didn't do was that this report also said that you need to put money into the communities to have community centres and nurses and professionals to deal with these people. Alternatives to locking people away in what were horrible places. Yeah, it was an alternative to locking people up. Well, that didn't happen. They were very quick to shut them down, but they were very slow to put any money in to anything. So what happened was that a lot of these people who were locked up before now out in the community. And they were supposed to be on a community health plan where you're supposed to be going to see your community nurse or she's supposed to come to your house to visit three times a week and make sure that you take your medicine and do everything. Well, what I've seen in my experience, because I've acted for a lot of these people, is that they don't take their medicine because all this medicine has side effects. Mm-hmm. If you're bipolar or you have schizophrenia, the 
medicine they give you has awful side effects and they don't take it and they stop taking their medicine and feel, think they feel great. Naturally, they don't go to the community nurse when they're supposed to go. There's not enough of these community centres for anyone to actually check up on them often enough. And these people end up in jail. That's what was happening, that you got this whole group of people that all of a sudden were being jailed when what they really had were mental problems. Yes, they had committed crimes, but the crimes were due to their mental problems. It's a health issue which is now yes. spilling over into the judicial yes. area. Yes, and in fact, Long Bay Jail in the 90s had its own mental ward. I remember one of my first clients with a mental health issue was there and I went to see him and he was charged with wounding. So I went to see him there and he had gouged his partner's eye out with a fork. Oh, goodness me. Now, they had lived together. She had mental health problems. He had mental health problems. They were supposed to be going to this mental health centre three times a week. In other days, somebody was supposed to come into their house. Or it all obviously wasn't enough. The now, system failed, obviously. system failed. And I remember him telling me it wasn't him that did it. His arm left his body. And he believed that genuinely? He, you believed that he believed that? He believed that. Yeah. He believed that. And in fact, to even get to him and to the room to see him, I had to walk past about 20 of these people. And it was like being in a mental hospital. So there was this arm department in Long Bay that was like its own, very own mental hospital without the facilities. One flew over the cuckoo's nest stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And in fact, they did a report, Stephen Allnar is an eminent psychiatrist and he was the prison psychiatrist for a very long time and he found that prison just makes it worse. You would not think that that's the right environment for somebody who's got a genuine mental health problem like the one that you're describing. Absolutely. What he said was incarceration results in the loss of many persons' freedoms taken for granted in the community, including social supports, interpersonal relationships, employment, social status and social role. These losses are commonly correlated with this depressive disorder. At the time of reception, almost one quarter were diagnosed with mood disorder. So that means almost one quarter of people who came into jail were diagnosed with that. Imagine what they're like by the time they leave. If you don't have it when you arrive, the chances are you're going to exactly. develop it by there. A- exactly. It's, look, if, if you were locked up in the penthouse of a five-star hotel and you had Room service, but that's all you had. And you had a TV, you had everything in that five-star penthouse, but you couldn't get out. You'd love it for the first few days. After that, you'd be depressed too. We only need to go back to the lockdowns and the quarantine laws of the early parts of the pandemic, and it wasn't hard to find people who were going out of their minds in 14 days, I think it was, was the quarantine. Yeah, 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 exactly. In exactly that, luxury hotels with room service. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just... You can have everything except for your freedom. Yeah, so therefore, that's just not... It's not the answer. Um, 
And the other problem is that there were more of these people roaming the streets. The police didn't know what to do with them. A lot of homeless people have mental health yeah. issues, don't yeah, they? Yeah, because unfortunately, poverty leads to homelessness. Homelessness and poverty lead to mental issues. It's just this circle mm. goes round and round. So things have not got better. And every day there's a new drug on the market. You mentioned drugs as a problem. Have you seen in your time in the criminal justice system an increase in these issues, sort of not so much from reports and things, which I think all suggest that it's the case, but with your own eyes? Have you Absolutely. seen? Absolutely. Absolutely. What sorts of things? What, what's the changing nature, do you think? Of- well, I'm seeing far more people with mental issues. And when you speak to them, it's a history of drug use. So as I said earlier, Sometimes it's due to the drug use. Other times it could well just be an underlying thing that was there but would have never, ever come out. It's exacerbated. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so I'm definitely seeing more of that. And there's legislation for it now. I was going to ask, in this, just from our discussion, you can see how complex the issue is. How does a legal system deal with something as complex as mental health? Well, for a long time, we've also, we've had a fitness to plead issue where if you weren't fit to plead, you got diverted from the criminal justice system and you were put into an institution or a hospital where you had to stay up until you were assessed as being suitable. So from the criminal system to the health system. Yes, but, 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 but. That's a very, very high bar where you had to not understand anything. And that's changed because... The legislate, there's new legislation now for that. So what happens now is that if you are charged with a serious criminal offence, an indictable offence, which means that he carries five years or more jail and you have to go to the district court or the Supreme Court where you have trial with the jury, now you get reports you get psych- psychiatric reports that would say you're not fit to stand trial and the prosecution would get psychiatric reports the same and usually the prosecution and the defence reach an agreement and tell the judge before the trial, look, these are the reports and we think he's not fit for trial or we ask that you refer this matter to the mental health tribunal and the mental health tribunal then makes a decision on whether the person is fit or not on the reports. Yeah. But that is now. In the 90s, it wasn't like that. So I had a case where... My client arrived at Sydney Airport from Lebanon with a kilo of heroin in his suitcase. But the heroin was half hanging out of the suitcase. So they didn't need sniffer dogs. No. They didn't need anything, which <laughs> this, is there. This is not an elaborate criminal enterprise. By no, the no, 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 no. So that's what it was. Um, so he was out on bail. 
and we got reports. We had a report saying that you know, he's really not well and handed those to the judge. And it was a jury question in those days. What do you mean by a jury? The jury that was there impaneled for the trial had to decide whether the person was fit to plead or not. Right. So their first job was to decide whether there'd yes. be a trial, essentially. Yes. yes. So you don't give jurors reports because they can't read them. I mean, you know, they're not professionals. So there's a series of questions to ask, which often psychiatrists now ask as they're making this assessment. So I was the solicitor in this case with the barrister. So the judge sent me down to talk to him in the cells and ask him the series of questions. And then I had to go back up and give evidence before the jury of his answers. And the questions, because I'll never forget this, and the questions were, what's a judge? The boss of the court, he said. What's a barrister? A big you. <laughs> What's a solicitor? You. What's the jury? People from the street. I mean, well, this isn't going too well because this guy's normal. He's yeah. nailed it, hasn't yeah, he? Exactly. <laughs> He's got exactly. it all down. Why are you here? Because they found drugs in my suitcase. Well, this really isn't going well. How did the drugs get there? King Hussein put period blood in my food. Right. And off he went. And then he just didn't stop about all the things that happened. And he was you genuinely, you think? Yeah. Right. You're not making this up to... No. 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 No, because it was, I mean, who thinks a period blood in your food from King Hussein? And and he was found not fit to plead. Now, there was another problem with that in those days because you were put away at the governor's pleasure. And what that meant was that you went into some institution somewhere under lock and key. It's not like you're free to get out. But it depended on when the governor said you could go. The governor would only say you're okay once he got reports saying you're okay. So it depended on the psychiatrist in the place. So you could be there six months or you could be there six years. You can see an awful lot of places where this system could fail. Exactly. There's a lot of weaknesses exactly. along the way that, yes. that it yes. could be let down. Yes, exactly. I'm not so sure that it's going to be that much better with the Mental Health Tribunal because it's basically the same system, only the lawyer doesn't have to go and ask these questions. Right, which seems yeah. somewhat sensible. That seems a somewhat insensible yeah. system to me yeah. when you endured back then. Yeah. But. And you don't have to... You're not put away at the governor's pleasure. It's all politically correct wording now because this upset a lot of people because it used to be, let's say you come out the other end of this, it used to be you're not guilty by reason of mental illness. Well, that upset a hell of a lot of... uh, Advocates, for yeah, advocate, yeah, the advocates for mental illness, and it upset a lot of victims' advocates. So now it's called act proven but not criminally responsible. So is the upshot of that that you've been found not fit to stand trial, but that at some point in the future you've been found fit to be released as a member of the community, and then you then don't go and stand trial now that you're well? Is yes, that- or or they find you well and they make you stand trial. Right, okay. That's the other thing I was yes. going to say. It's not a, it's not like a, um, 
What's the word I'm with? Not pardon? It's not like it. No, it's not like a pardon. No, it's no, a, no, it's not like a. If and, you become well, you can yeah. then come back, and we will proceed with the trial yes. as we would have today had you been. Yes, yeah. And the other thing that's happened in the local court for offences that aren't so serious, which is summary offences, which only carry a maximum of two years jail. What sort of thing? Just for those of us who are lay people. Assaults. Minor sort of assaults. Yeah, assaults, shoplifting. Yeah, not not so minor any longer. I was going to say assault's not minor, is it? Yeah, no. No, but those sort of things. It's now you can do a Section 14, which is... A application to the court that you be diverted from the criminal justice system into the mental health system. What that means is that you're not mental, but you were at the time. time of yeah. The so, and you usually have to be overseen by a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and it's for a period of twelve. It's gone up to twelve months. It used to be six months. But what it means is that there's no conviction and there's no findings right. of guilt. Can there be later or that's, no, that's, that's the end be, of it. That's the that's end the of it. Unless during that period. You, you recommit do, for Yeah, offenses, you do something else, yes. It's clearly not a perfect system, Maggie. I wonder if there is such a thing as a perfect system. But is what we've got now better? What's your yes. own personal Yes, it's about? better because once upon a time it was just, you know, not fit to stand trial and that's it. But this mental impairment that you can get in the local court, like the Section 14, because there are people who, to use the colloquial, lose it, and it's not it who they really contained are. And, yeah, and it's because they do have some form of mental problem at the time. From which they quite likely will recover. Exactly, yeah, but it doesn't mean they need to be locked up. No. No, See, there's a whole other problem with lots of people don't want to be scheduled too. What do you mean by scheduled? A scheduled means a magistrate can decide at any time that you're mentally ill and send you off to a mental hospital. Because you're a danger and to yourself or Yeah, to yeah, and that's called scheduled. Yeah. Well, a lot of my clients in the past have told me that their problems are really due to being scheduled because of all the drugs and things that they were given then and the things that happened there. So nothing's perfect. No, no, indeed. It feels like the difference between the system you're describing now and perhaps previously is that there is some actual assistance or oversight or attempt at helping that person who's been set off under the Section 14. Yes. That there is some help available as opposed to being locked in a different place. Where there's a, mental health has always been this in society. It's something we want to lock away. You mentioned Aunt Mabel in the attic earlier. That's right, yes. We're doing that at an institutional government level, yes, really, aren't we, yes, in a lot of cases? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. but see, again, it all gets back to human nature, as mm-hmm. all these things do, because you'll get the magistrate who believes in this and believes that this person needs help. But then the magistrate in the next courtroom will think this is just rubbish. Woke nonsense. Yeah, it's absolute rubbish and this person's as guilty as anything. Mm. I'm not giving this. So it all depends on human nature. Mm. Exactly the same with drug cases. I mean, I've had drug cases where I've 
argued that this is a mental thing, this person should go to a rehab instead of a jail. Can we have what used to be called a Griffith bond, that you go to a rehab, then come back and be sentenced? Um, but that'll be other issues down the track when we talk about bail. And a judge will say yes, and other judges will say, already had a chance of rehab. Why would I do that again? Well, that's the problem with addiction. Doesn't always work the first time. No, ask any family member of somebody who's had some form yes. of addiction, be yes. it as simple as alcohol or as complicated as perhaps heroin or something. Yes. And it's an awful destructive force, isn't it? Yes. So. Well, while we're on that topic, it's also, which has nothing to do with this, but it's very interesting asking people their views on the criminal justice system. Because they've, most people don't come into contact with oh. the criminal justice system at all unless they have had a criminal act done to them. Right, so normally as a victim. Yes, or, or they or a member of their family have been charged with something. Mm -hmm. Then they certainly change their views. What do you mean? So they change from what to what? Well, for instance, if you've had a member of your family charged with something, prior to that day, you might have thought, oh, it's ridiculous, this person shouldn't be out on bail, they shouldn't be doing this, they shouldn't be doing that. Lock them up. Yes, when it's your son or daughter, you sure want them out the and you don't think fair. the system's fair. Yeah. And, of course, the system can't be fair or perfect, can it, Maggie? No. Because your view of what is correct might be polar opposite of the magistrate exactly. on any given day. Exactly. And you'll always think yeah. you're right. That's why we think what we yeah. think. That's And that's when you get back to humans aren't perfect. So how can any system created by them be? Yeah, indeed. However, as long as we're constantly trying to improve and accept that mm. some of the changes we make won't be for the better and that some will. Yes. A bit like riding a bike, isn't it? When yes. you stop is when you fall yes. over. Yeah. You've got to keep moving and things yeah. will get better. Yeah. Well, and... And I think the law does that. Does that? It makes does look. There's a lot of bad legislation, but there's good legislation too. And it moves slowly, doesn't it? Like it a does. giant ship, it's got yeah. so many considerations and so many parties to consider at yeah. any given moment. You can't just like an individual decide yeah. I'm going to move from here to Melbourne next week. Yeah. It's not like that. No. So, yeah, fascinating stuff, Maggie. It is lovely to chat. All right. Well, thank you. See you next week. <laughs>